Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. This podcast is brought to you by eHarmony, the dating app to find someone you can be yourself with. Why doesn't eHarmony allow copy and paste in first messages? Because you are unique and your conversations should reflect that. eHarmony wants you to find someone who will get you. How are you going to know who gets you? If people send you the same generic conversation starters, they message everyone else. Conversations that actually help you get to know each other. Imagine that. Get who gets you on eHarmony. Sign up today. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Previously on a new winter, and there on a pile on the floor were pieces of human bodies, all shapes and sizes, being thrown onto the fire. Then I realized where they were coming from. They were doing it to each other. They were killing one another to throw onto the fire. Then I heard what they were chanting in between the groans, moans and screams. Baba, Baba. This is episode 44 of A New Winter. sick to my stomach. Everything around me was spinning. I could see people in fits of ecstasy having their throats slit, blood spraying over their naked quivering bodies and then watching as people took to them with axes, hacking off their limbs, leaving two dismembered bodies pushed up against one another. It was a mix of ages, genders and races, men with men, women with women. It didn't seem to matter. They were all just covered in blood by the end. I sat on the grass, shell-shocked, traumatised, yet still watching as the climax seemed to be over and people were starting to move to face the fire, those that had survived anyway. The chanting grew louder, Baba, Baba, Baba. And that's when I saw a man walk to the front, pull off his mask and turn towards the crowd. But this wasn't just any man. He looked familiar, but I couldn't put my finger on it at the time. How did I know him? Who did he look like? He was infuriating. He was rather young, actually, around my age, and just rather plain-looking. He looked very well presented, which, given the circumstances, seemed to make it all the stranger. Like the others, he was naked, now covered in blood, and it seemed that he was in charge of what was happening here. He raised his arms and the crowd stopped. Dies irae, dies he shouted. The crowd returned. We come here, the man continued. We come here to save our souls. We come to find the true meaning of life, of life eternal. 
Our God of old has forsaken us, and now, now we have Bob. He has come to us through the spirit of the forest, and as of this morning, he's come to us in a human form. Praise be to our Bob. And the people cheered. I know that this town has always looked up to my family through the hundreds of years to protect these very souls that grace us with their presence, to raise them as part of the community. And I am, well, words fail me just how grateful I am. I am chosen to look after these two boys, one of them being the host of our very own Bob. And here they are. For behind the fire came two little boys, hand in hand, and I almost killed over. I should have expected it, really, after all this. But there they were. They were both me. Me and my twin brother, as kids. There was no mistaking it. Whatever I may have seen before, this was different. Others could see them now. They were cheering them. These two silent, well-dressed, smart little boys. And everyone could see them. Creepy, aren't they? A voice said beside me. I turned around and saw a gorgeous girl, slightly younger than myself and slender, with large blue eyes and a porcelain complexion. A slight smile on her face. I mean, the whole thing is creepy, she said. No matter what they tell us. You know, how good it is for us, all that. It just makes me feel sick, but these two kids just look... They look spaced out. I looked around me just to double-check that she was actually talking to me. But before I could answer, she began again. Hmm, nice threads. You look like a hippie, but without the hair. Of course, she was referring to my hospital clothes, which I seem to still be wearing. It must have smelled appalling by now. Um, thanks, was all I could muster. I'm Lauren, she said, and extended her hand. I took it, and before I could introduce myself... The man leading the crowd had piped back up. We have given thanks to our leader, and now we must scoop up what the fire has purified and rejoice what has been our biggest sacrifice to date. I will personally deliver the darkness to our friends and make sure that our loved ones are reborn, reborn with the gift eternal. The crowd started clapping and whooping. Reborn? Is this what they're calling it? I turned to this Lauren girl. And how are you okay with this? It's brutal. She looked at me confused. Aren't you from here? She said. I presumed you were. Oh, I'm from here, I said. Just, I don't know, this is all a bit different. Hmm. Well, you have to be careful. People don't take kindly to outsiders witnessing things like this. They could be misinterpreted. Oh, really? And how should I be interpreting them, then? Where have you been? Are you okay? She asked. Uh, I've been in... Well, I've been in hospital, I answered. This is where we create the darkness. Bob has answered us and sent his spirit in human form. One of the little boys there. Though them being twins, I'm not sure which one it is. This is horrific, I said. I can't watch. I went to walk off and almost fell over. I was exhausted. Hey, Lauren said, catching me. I think you should come back with me. To be honest, you look like you need help. What's happened to your head? I, I should go home, I said, exasperated. Okay, well, who do you live with? And I thought back to my mother. 
but I just couldn't remember her face. In fact, I couldn't remember anything about her. And then I recalled my fake father and Dewbridge saving me. I live alone, I said. I... I live alone. And I felt ashamed, like somehow I'd failed. All this drama, everything that's happened, and for what? Alone? Well, that won't do. Come on, come back with me. We'll give you some clean clothes, give you a nice wash, hot food, all the rest. Don't sound too bad, does it? Here I was, once again, relying on the kindness of strangers. To be honest, it was pathetic. Come on, she said. And as the crowd was dispersing, I joined their ranks. Walking side by side by these naked, masked, bloodied humans. I was just walking amongst them. One of them. I dared not look up. I didn't want anyone noticing me. Why didn't you do it? I asked Lauren. Sorry? Why didn't you take part? Oh, I'm still 15. I can't yet. Well, not that I'd really want to. I quite like my legs and arms where they are. Thank you very much. Okay, but you seem quite... with it. Not like these guys. I believe in the mission, she said. Don't get me wrong. Bob has proved himself to us again and again. Oh, really? What's he done? Well, she said... He's brought people back from the dead, for starters. Not everyone who dies, but those who do come back seem to live a lot longer. Hardly anyone gets ill here. I mean, we're all just... just happy. Yeah, you just hack each other up, I said. She turned around with a fierce look. Just be careful. You shouldn't be so disapproving. And if you're really from here, you, more than anyone, should also be grateful. I decided to shut up for the rest of the walk. Luckily, it didn't take long before we seemed to reach our home. I looked around. It was quaint, small, homely, warm. Something I hadn't felt in a while now. As we walked in, her mum came down the stairs in a dressing gown, drying her hair. Oh, hello. Who's this? she said. Uh, he's been in hospital. He was wondering if he could just have a wash, maybe... Borrow some clothes? Lauren's mum looked at me, strangely, with quite a sad expression on her face. Uh, sure, of course. Go upstairs, everything you need should be in the bathroom. I'll leave you some clothes out in the master bedroom, just at the top of the stairs. Thanks, I said. Lauren started walking up with me. Not you, her mum said. You need to do your studies tonight, remember it's school tomorrow. Jesus, school, I thought to myself and walked into the bathroom, and it was literally just a bath. I got in, and all there was was a bar of soap to clean myself with, so I scrubbed myself clean as best I could and removed the bandage across my head. There was a huge scar. It wasn't quite painful, but it looked awful. There were scruffy tufts of hair just poking around. Hmm, well, there's only one thing for it, I thought and I grabbed a disposable razor on the side and some scissors and I stood there in front of the mirror and cut and shaved my entire head. Quite the fresh start, I thought to myself as I looked in the mirror and I got him out, I looked pretty scary like Frankenstein's monster. I should probably wear some kind of hat or something for the moment but all I had was the bandage and then I remembered the bandage from the metal cabinet that I'd hid in 
I looked at my trousers on the floor and found a small roll of bandages. It would have to do for the moment. I wrapped them around my head. Not exactly a whole lot better, but it would do. I walked into the master bedroom in my towel and saw some rather, well, to be honest, quite old-fashioned clothes. There was some formal brown trousers, a green short-sleeved shirt and a white vest. Well, I thought at least they were clean. Once I got into them, I looked into the mirror. I couldn't help but think, I look like a madman. I honestly did look like I'd just escaped from a mental asylum, and in a way I had. As I came back down the stairs, I saw Lauren's mum, now dressed in a rather formal dress, to be honest. She was dishing up some food. Come, join us, she said. I sat down, drank some water and smiled at Lauren, who was sitting opposite. She smiled back sweetly. I could tell she was slightly disturbed by my new appearance compared to how I was before. Do start, her mum said, standing at the kitchen counter with her back to us, waving her hand in the air to suggest us to carry on without her. Lauren looked around. Where's Dad? she asked. And there was a silence. Lauren's mum didn't turn round. Your father... And I realised what had happened. Your father's become one with the darkness. I looked at Lauren. She started visibly shaking. Dad. It was all she could muster. I didn't know what to do. Should I comfort her? Will he come back? She asked. Her mum let out a sigh. One of those sighs that could easily have just turned into a sob. Who knows? She said. And then quietly to herself... Who knows? And then she walked off and went up the stairs. Lauren looked at me. You think we're stupid, don't you? I'm telling you now, Dad's gone to a better place. He's with Bob now. He's going to come back, you'll see. Bob will bring him back. And he'll come back better and stronger than ever. I smiled and nodded, not really knowing what to say. And just then there was a knock on the door. Lauren rushed to open it, perhaps in the hope that her father had returned. But as the door opened, I could see it was the young man from before, and in front of him was the two boys. Hello, I heard your father was part of the sacrifice today, and I wanted to come round with the boys here and just say how proud we are of you. Lauren smiled a little, clearly trying not to be too upset. But I couldn't help but stare at the boys, knowing one of them... One of them was supposed to be me, or another host like me. I wasn't quite sure how this all worked yet. But they stood there, in silence, like robots, just looking at Lauren. Well, the man said, we have a lot of rounds to do. Uh, I have to say, it was, it was quite the harvest. Um, I hope to see you at church on Sunday. Of course, Lauren said. And then the next words hit me like a brick. Thank you. Thank you, Father Reynolds. If you enjoy the show, please leave a review on your podcast platform of choice. For more info, including how you can support the show, please visit anewwinter.com. Thank you for listening to A New Winter. When you 
need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.